If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 104, powered by our friends at El Gato. You can visit the link in the description or under my stream for the Wave 3 microphone, which we are both currently using. Best USB mic of all time. We're also using a lot of their other products. Uh, they're a legit company, and it really helps us a lot. If you visit the link, whether it be in the audio podcast stuff you use or under the YouTube channel, but thank you, as always, to Elgato. Awesome, awesome powering. Man, I almost said the how can you? How can you, <laughs> how can you? How can you visit a link in an audio podcast channel? How do you do that? Uh, you take out your phone or whatever you're listening to, and you clicky-clicky okay. until you see the linky-linky. So okay, 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 cool. Okay, yeah. Uh, we have yeah. a juicy ass episode. Uh, mm. My goodness, juicy it's, ass. It's juicy like never before. Can't wait to figure out what name we're gonna use. But first, of course, we need to thank our beautiful patrons of the In Bruges tier. I'll let you take the first half this time around, good sir. All right, let's see. Do you want to try to do like a speed run? Okay. Okay, let's let's try it. All right, thank you to Mistake Busted Condom Johnson, Lucas Frankel. They're wiping their butts in the fountain with $1,000 bills. Please buff Ark Warden. Chili, chili, lily, willy-nilly chills with a silly, chili, hillbilly willy. Something witty and clever. Tell Contar Prime. Losing literally all my MMR during a peyote-fueled vision quest. Smooth brain, smooth game. Suns fan, I finished Rhythm of War. Don't forget to read Wizard's First Rule. Sinaran, what's your favorite Danish meal? Chakar. What happened to Mad Mordigan? The Megapope. We obey things, and objects have power hour. TI in New Zealand. San Xavier. Suns fan Pudge Omega Lol. Nate Thicko 01 Hamscrows and the legendary Perk of the Dirk. Listen to this podcast unironically. Very good. Thank you also to Bacon. Handcuffing my uncle for a whole day and dry humping him nonstop as if I'm a tinker with a hex and a dagon. Lick. Shark TM. Novi Panda. Dop. Eating Chosnick makes you happy and healthy, Mr. Underscore Man. Look, Ben Broomhead is very lazy. Changing his nickname every week is a lot of effort. He tries his best-ish. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk, Anonymous, Soldier Boy Artesi's Nuts. Peter, doorknobs that are made out of brass can disinfect themselves about in about eight hours, Nabling. Ronnie Keel and Perka the Dirk loves Nate Thicko and all the Pog players. Thank you, friends. That was, so uh, many people renamed for this episode. That's yeah, that nice. Was, that was good. There were like two questions, right? In there. Uh, one of them one was... One of them, what's my, what's my favorite Danish meal? Ugh, I actually question. don't know. Is it Danish is by da- any chance? You know what Americans <laughs> call Danish? It's just those pastries. Do you guys yeah, call Danish Danish? Called, no, we called them Vienna bread. <laughs> Vienna bread? Yeah. Huh. Imagine if we went to the store. Can I get translate. some American... Please, can I oh, get there were two questions. The other, so the question I can answer somewhat, I think, is what happened to Mad Mordigan, which was he took a break. I don't remember exactly why it was he stopped casting, but he had to, he had work commitments of some sort, I think. And then at some point he was ready to come back, and then he cast a few games, and then he was like, 
he felt like he wasn't really needed anymore because broadcasting had gone so far. He was kind of like a pioneer. So for Dota. those that don't know, he was a Dota 1 commentator. Did he ever do Dota yeah. 2 at all? Like, Yes. I think that's what, when he came back, he cast a bit of Dota 2. Oh, okay. He was the first guy I cast with, Shannon. Really? Good old man Morgan. And I'll be the last, so you're welcome. Yeah, probably. You'll make me quit eventually, and I will thank you forever for that. No problem. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, what's my favorite Danish meal? Don't know. We have a lot to talk about. That's going to be another time, I think. I yeah. need to do research on what Danish meals are I, so I can I, pick my favorite. Sindarin is the only person I know that just can't answer a simple question. It's incredible. Yep, that's uh, me. My favorite Danish meal mm. is the Danish with the cherry filling. That's that's good stuff. Okay. Yes. So first things first. It's a very good uh, Austrian food. Okay. The NBA playoffs are beginning in about a week and a half, Sindarin. Uh, the Suns oh, hell yeah. are looking very likely to be the number two seed instead of the one and we will, in all likelihood, play the Los Angeles Lakers, who won the championship oh, last spicy. year. And I am fully, fully expecting to lose in the first round, despite having the best record for a majority of the season. And I'm fully expecting a lot of Lakers fans to be Lakers fans and rubbing it in, even though if the Suns won, even if I do hate the Lakers so much, I would never do that to them. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. So we'll see what the end up what the matchups end up being. But my question for you, mm. what is? Oh, NBA. Yeah, the NBA fact question. So there's different kind of fouls in the game. All right. There's personal fouls, mm -hmm. which you just pick up in the reg. Like you get six a game. Okay, that's just a regular foul. What is a? <laughs> what is? What's funny? What's funny about that? I just have this mental image right now of like a personal foul in the basketball court. Like everybody walks over and picks up their own bird. That's nice. Okay. Oh, go on. F O. Okay, very good. Uh, what yeah. is the difference between a technical and a flagrant foul? Flagrant. Yes. This is a hard Wait, one. What for does you. that even? What does that? Okay, I need to look up this word first. I don't even know what that means. Okay. Conspicuously or obviously offensive. Okay. Uh, so you said a regular and a flagrant foul. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the flagrant foul is one with ill intent. So that's one where you, it's kind of like in ice hockey where you don't just push and get the puck, but you're like smacking the opposing player with your stick. So okay. that's the, the flagrant, flagrant foul is overly physical. Okay. And what's a technical? A technical foul is just doing something that is against the rules, but not rude like double dribbling or something that's a technical foul okay no that that's definitely not a technical foul but you're very close that's actually very impressive so i, I didn't look up the actual definition of what it literally is but i can just tell you effectively so technical each player can get up to two technicals in a game and then they're thrown out so a technical foul is like if you cuss at the refs if you're taunting something that the refs just don't like you get a technical foul and with that the other team gets to take one free throw Okay. Wait, I actually, can I guess a second time? I have a second guess. For what? Flagrant? Yeah. yeah. So I, I just, I had to think about it for a little bit, but now I think I get it. So a fragrant foul is when, um, yeah. So fragrant foul is when, what the fuck's his name? Gordon Ramsay. When he makes like a really nice coq That's a fragrant foul. That's my real, that's my actual guess. 
Okay, so flagrant foul, uh, there's actually two. There's a flagrant foul one and a flagrant foul two. And two just and means And a technical like, foul is when you just make a regular duck really well, like very well technically. Okay, let's just get it's through this. It's not as so, fragrant as the uh, other. Okay. A flagrant one is unnecessary contact, essentially, and a flagrant two just means egregious, like punching them in the balls or something like that. And for both, you get two free throws and the ball back. Flagrant two, the guy's kicked out of the game immediately. Flagrant one, you can still stay in the game. But if you, you can actually kick someone one, in the balls and get just a warning. No, no. If you kick them in the balls, that's a flagrant two, and you're out. Testicles Wait, so are what was a flagrant one? Flagrant one is if you just do like a really hard foul, but you're not really going for the ball. It was kind of sketchy, but not overly sketchy, essentially. But what so. if you're going for the balls? Flagrant two. All right. Uh, okay. Let's get started. Uh, I... I did go out finally. I think we talked about this. I'll just briefly speak that I, Nikki and I finally went to a restaurant for the first time in 14 effing months now that we're fully vaccinated, and we made it count, Cinderin. If I were to take you one place, this mm-hmm. would be the second probably because it's very expensive, and I would make you pay for yourself. I would not treat you at all. That's okay. Uh, but it's the only, again, I know I that I'm- I pay for you anywhere. I'm a plebeian. If mm-hmm. I have steak, I need sauce, generally. Okay, I understand yeah. that I'm a plebeian, but okay. I'm not a huge. There's nothing fan wrong of with having sauce with the sides, by the way, but and a little bit with the steak, but it can't overpower it. Then why are yeah. you getting a steak? So like if well, again, I don't go to fancy restaurants very often, so typically the steak mm-hmm. is just I don't find it good. If it's just like a regular steakhouse, like in right. a Black Angus, like I'd rather have just bar- like a barbecue ribs or something. So this mm-hmm. is the one place I can go that I don't need sauce. It's like super high end, and it was very very delicious and nice yeah so i just wanted to say thank god mm. I ate at a so you had a steak without sauce had a steak without sauce oh, and I'm, I'm proud of you i actually I'm text you. you the picture of the cherry coke with grenadine the first yes. one i've had looked very nice in 14 months as well <laughs> it tasted like an orgasm uh okay so final thing before we get started hopefully with the- it tasted sweet we don't need to go into details on that it depends on who you ask so okay uh, last thing before we get to the Dota 2 news, uh, our Dota 2 tooltips that you guys may or may not ha- have seen on a bunch of streams, uh, which is the thing where you can hover over you know, spell icons and all that stuff. It is now the second most popular gaming extension on Twitch behind Hearthstone. Wow. So it's already number two, and we haven't even done localization for like other languages yet, so I assume that's going to help it quite a bit. Look uh, at you. By comparison, League of Legends is fifth on the list. I believe Path of Exiles was top five, and I can't remember the other one, but we're number two. So pretty. The happy thing is, that. in League, you can't really do it, because if you go to the Leaguepedias or whatever that explain how the spells work, it's literally like 17 pages for one hero. So it's just not possible to make a tooltip with that. Okay, good to know. Uh, also, yep, we'll are. be coming out with an update. Uh, we're just getting it. At, essentially, anytime uh, Buka updates the twitch extension we have to wait for like two to three business days for twitch to manually review it don't know why that's how they do things but that's how they do things so the next they're worried that you put in a, a, a little easter egg that's a porn link right i feel like there's some people that maybe you can you know fast track it for but hey uh anyway i wouldn't trust buka that's true he is pretty disgusting but uh update coming out soon will be enhancing a lot of the mobile uh, functionality, so you'll be able to see items and stuff like that on mobile soon. Oh, nice. In addition to iOS, we'll be 
because it's already working on Android and like limited functionality. So yeah. Then after that, we're going to be working on, I say we, it's mostly Puka, uh, localization to get other languages going. And we have a bunch of new features that we want to uh, get going. So looking forward Let to Let me know that. if you need a Danish translation. I don't think that's worth it, by the way. Yeah, definitely not worth it. Okay. So I would say I, I would do it, but no. So it, so it sounds like I'm ready to help you, but not really. And then... Then, I appreciate then I, you pretending to good. want to help. I do appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. That. All right, so news of the week. We're going to talk about oh. the drama last. Okay, the drama will be last because okay. it's the most interesting. So the Supporters Club has been announced finally, which, by the way, let, before I read this blog post, Sindarin, what do you think mm -hmm. of when you hear Supporters Club? Does anything come into your little head? Uh Dr. Disrespect? Exactly. It, so it's not just me. I didn't want to taint your, your head there, but yeah, that's the first thing I thought. Of. Okay. So, pretty crazy when you hear club and the first thing you think of is that guy. Well, that's that's not, a pretty strong image. No, like soccer or football clubs, that's like it's supporter club. I don't know. It's something about it. But anyway, mm -hmm. so they have a blog post uh, and they have three different sections and we're just doing three completely different segments. So the TI dates and upcoming events and stuff, that's going to be separate discussions after this. So first for things first, Supporters Club. Uh, I've been talking a lot. Would you like to read it? Sure. That's a lot of reading, though, but let's do it. We can do half and half if you'd like. Just pass it on. Supporters off. Clubs. Today's update introduces Supporters Clubs, a new way for fans to support their favorite teams by purchasing bundles of badges and seasonal equipables, perfect for showing off allegiance in and out of the lanes. Content in supporters clubs is provided by the teams themselves, and 50% of all sales goes to the teams you choose. This content will last until the international commences. In future seasons, it will last through each respective major. So that's about three months. We'll get to that. Each team has three bundles to choose from, with an increasing amount of content inside. The bronze club includes a badge for your favorite team. The silver club includes sprays and emoticons. And the gold club includes a special in-game HP bar, loading screen, or HP bar badge, sorry, loading screen, and voice lines. Badges will appear in multiple places throughout the game, including your friends list, player profiles, the versus screen, and the in-game scoreboard. Today we're adding content from 17 teams. As more content from other teams is submitted and approved, they will be added to this list regularly. Teams that aren't able to submit high-tier content might be added as well without Silver Club and or Gold Club enabled. Visit Team Profiles in the DPC tab to join your favorite team's supporters club. Okay, so let me talk about my little thing first, and then we can get on to like community reactions and how, how we actually feel about them. Right. So I've been hyping up... <laughs> <laughs> I've been hyping up this four Zoomers team bundle for God knows how long, right? Yeah. Uh, I came to an agreement with them, and it was more of a favor for Brax than anything. Because yeah. I don't, I don't want to get into like percentages, but let's just say we took a very small percentage based on the amount of work that we're doing. So, uh, like voice lines is me. Nikki spends the time making emotes, loading screen, and uh, spray paints. Like obviously, that mm -hmm. takes way more time than me doing three freaking voice lines. So we give that to them four months ago, and then mm -hmm. this came, and as we keep hearing, like, oh, they're redoing, we got to resubmit, blah, 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 like behind the scenes, I remind them, mm -hmm. all right, you got to resubmit, you got to resubmit, be sure to resubmit. And the thing came out yesterday, and I looked, and they were not on there, so I'm like, huh, that's weird. So I messaged somebody at Valve, I'm like, did four Zoomers submit anything? And they're like, no. I'm like, great, that's terrific, because, you know, half the sales are going to be on day one, typically. Uh, so 
go to four Zoomers, and they finally submit a day later, and I get a message from Val. Okay, so here's the thing, Cinderin, and this is where mm-hmm. you need to listen to the stream in just a moment. Okay. So I, I sent in three voice lines. So the way that it works is they ask you for a three vo- minimum of three voice lines, but you can send as many as you want, and they choose three. So I thought I was being a little crafty by only sending three so that they'd be kind of forced to use all three. The reason it's crafty is because, first of all, the other two I think are good, which I won't even name what they are. The third one is very special to me, and I think it would legitimately make some really good Battle Pass content. But they came back to me yesterday, and like, I'm sorry, this this voice line just won't work. And it's of me belching. Okay, it's me belching into the microphone. <laughs> so... So Why my is res- that not good? My response is, is this too good to be in the battle pass? And he just smiled. So what I would like to do today, so I, I resubmitted a new thing of me laughing. So it's going to be me laughing as a new one, which will come out later, I guess, technically today. Uh, if you could turn on the stream center and listen, I, I'm right. going to play this file for everybody. This is, so again, think of it this way. Valve is made up of the smartest people in the industry, right? Like legitimately, mm-hmm. they're super fucking smart. I made a Valve employee listen to me do this. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Cinderin? Okay, first of all, can I just say, I hope that not only <laughs> did they have to listen to that, but that they had to ask a second opinion. Because <laughs> they're like, I'm not yeah. sure if we can do this. What do you guys think? And then it uh, goes like, I imagine this going around the office is like an email chain, <laughs> and everybody gets gives their opinion, and you unfortunately lost the vote by like 12 to 13. I probably have like 25 employees. I, I should right? ask how many people actually listen. Let's listen to one more yeah. time just for posterity. <laughs> like, imagine being able to spam that in game. Like, is that not an amazing? An amazing voice line. Honestly, that's a real seller. Okay. I, I know what they're doing. They want to keep this, except they're going to recreate it in some way. It's probably going to be Gabe himself belching into the microphone for the battle pass. Like, that's going to break 40 million. Let's be real, Cinderin. Just that sound, nothing else. They can just release that sound as a standalone. <laughs> I know. And let it fund TI 11. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk about the rest <laughs> of it. I just yep. had to listen to it one more time. So, um, so yeah, the Arkosh, uh, not Arkosh, the 17 teams included uh, Arkosh Gaming amongst others. Uh, like we talked about, it comes with the bronze tier, silver tier, gold tier. One thing I do want to mention, which I found actually shocking, I want to get your opinion. The players on the team get a bronze version for free. What are your thoughts on that? Why? Why don't they get a gold version for free? Right. So here's the thing, right? This is my initial reaction. In the grand scheme of things, this is so irrelevant for profits. I know. So I was thinking it's actually worse that they gave a bronze tier versus nothing. Because if it was nothing, you're like, oh, Valve just didn't even think about it. Like, that's very normal. Right. right? Like, that's an excuse. Giving them a bronze, I feel that's weird, right? That's really weird because you don't get the voice lines till gold. That's like the stuff that everybody wants. So Although... I guess it's a way for the teams to prove that they like their own stuff, so they want to pay for it. I guess. I don't know. That's pretty far out. 
I don't know what they the sales look the gold like. Versions. There isn't really but much. To the talk community, about. the community reaction is extremely negative towards it. Um, towards the price range, mainly, right? So it's a combination of things. Which one half is the people that want? Like we'll talk about the battle pass implications. They're upset that there's no battle pass. But yeah, the price. I will. I mean, I'm trying. Again, the four zoomers thing will come out today. I will be getting a small profit of it, or a small percentage of it. Twenty dollars seems like a shit time <laughs> for that stuff. I I agree with the sentiment of the community. If I'm being so, honest. without like going to the exact dates of TI, right? We'll talk about that later. But it's in August. Surprise, surprise. So basically, if you buy this stuff for twenty bucks, you have it for two months and a bit. You get these voice lines and these sprays for two months, and then after that, you don't know what happens. If you lose all of it, if it gets replaced, if like what the next season is going to cost. Uh, what that will include. As far as I know, you keep literally nothing when this expires. No matter That's which, my understanding. Uh, yeah. No matter which tier you buy, you even lose the badge when it runs out. Then you'll have to buy again. So it's kind of like the battle pass where there's something temporary and you know you're going to lose it, but that the amount of value of what you get here is... Like, if you make a value proposition of this versus a level 1 battle pass, what is it a level 1 battle pass costs? Level 1? Usually. Uh, yeah, ten dollars probably. Right. right? So like this is twice as expensive as a level one battle pass to buy a gold tier supporter club. Right. Yeah. If you just look at that, just strictly from a pragmatic, okay, what's the bang for your buck thing? This value proposition is really bad. Like the battle pass has so much stuff to give. I understand that's maybe not a completely fair comparison because it's like a unique thing that happens once a year, and it's Valve putting in a you know a lot of work because they know the return investment is amazing, but. Still, I kind of agree with the price range here, just not really corresponding to what you get. Um, and from what I understood from reading, there's no country differences either, which is a big loss for especially the SA teams who have a shit ton of fans, but a lot of their fans can't afford to pay $20 to support their gold tier right. subscription for their team. And that's a shame because that's a really big market for them to make a lot of profits uh, in the region. Um, so, I don't know. It. I I actually I really like the implementation of this. I think having three tiers is fine. I think the stuff that comes with it is fine. But I agree with the pricing being off. And there's also some of the criticism was that fifty percent goes to the teams, and some people think it should be seventy five. Uh, I don't remember what old school workshop was. The original workshop. How much did the creators get? It hasn't changed, Cinderin. The original workshop. So yeah, let me let me okay. So the percentages, the reason they did 50-50 mm -hmm. is because the battle pass is kind of like 50-50, right? Half of it goes to the prize pool. Uh if you have a regular no, workshop submission, no, no, hold on. Is it half? No, Isn't it 25% that goes to the prize pool? Am I stupid? Oh, maybe is it 25? Okay, maybe it is 25%. I think so. Okay, so yeah, I have no idea why it's 50-50 then. Um, but if it's a regular workshop submission, mm -hmm. the artists get 25%, Valve gets 75. That's how it's, it has right. not changed since the beginning. Okay. Right. So yeah. So then this is basically this is a... favoring this is favoring the teams slash artists over usual stuff, which is worth right. keeping in mind, right? Because if usual workshop was fifty fifty, which I know it isn't, um, then you know you could make the case that is that what it should be for something like this. But like compared to everything else in the game, fifty fifty is a pretty damn good split for the players. Um, Right, but there's just not so, a yeah, huge incentive but... to buy it because of the price point. What do you mm -hmm. think, like, based on just 
what you've seen so far, what price point would you put? Because I think just half would be fine. I think ten dollars is fine for the highest tier. Twenty is just too much. I don't know. I, I think I think you should do one of two things. Either you lower the price point for what you're getting, or you make something permanent so that it feels like you're buying something you get to keep. Like mm. a, a great way of comparing this to something else in the game would be to compare it to an Arcana, right? An Arcana costs about twice, but you know you have this really cool set for your hero. You're gonna have it for the rest of the game. You have it in every game. You can use it. Uh, whenever you play it, there's like, you know, th that's a value proposition where you buy something valuable because you know it's yours. Here you're buying something valuable because you know it's yours for two months. And like, let's say, for example, you bought the gold tier and what that did was you have the voice lines forever. Like, let's say that and everything else disappears next season. Then you have you've got something because you bought it that other people won't have. So there's some sort of level of exclusivity to it in the future that new players or players that never bought this bundle won't have. Mm -hmm. Or you could have like at least something that like some sort of like a, you know, on Twitch subscriptions where it says how long you've been subscribed for, right? You could have like a fan badge that says I've been a fan of Arkosh for X months or something like anything that's permanent in the game. So it doesn't feel like you just, like stop being a fan when this expires, right? It's really weird somehow to me that that there's nothing that stays. Um, uh, I, compare it again to Battle Pass where, you know, they have like exclusives in the Battle Pass. They have like sets or you, you earn something during the Battle Pass that's permanent. Some of it is temporary. The voice lines are temporary. Um... And some of the sprays, I think, or whatever are temporary. But a lot of the stuff in the Battle Pass, again, from a value proposition standpoint, is that, okay, when I reach these tiers, I keep this. This is now mine. Here, nothing is yours, no matter how much you pay. It's just gone. Um, that's, I, I personally, mean, I think that's just not all. But at what you know, point is it enough for you? Like, what would you need to be able to keep? Like, if you keep the loading screen, is that enough? Because I don't think that's enough. That doesn't right. feel very I mean, good. that's that's obviously, I mean, that's up for discussion, right? What people think is worth it. But that's what I would say. Like, either keep these price points and let something be permanent that is cool, or half the price. Yeah, probably something like that would be my, okay. be my feeling. So, I mean, I agree and, for the most part. Uh, like, mm -hmm. the implementation overall, I think, is fine. Like, it's mm -hmm. it feels a little basic, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, you don't want to make this thing too crazy. No, not necessarily. The fact that the voice lines are... I was a little surprised that they're all speak. Wait, I'm speaking like Counter Strike talk right now. MM MM one. What is MM one in Dota? Just all chat. Uh, I was mm -hmm. a little surprised to see that uh, because we're just gonna see that spammed to all hell, which I guess is yeah. kind of the point. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the price point's a huge negative, and the fact that you don't keep anything, there's no like we don't know that for sure though. Maybe they change something. I mean, but we would imagine Valve has a shitload of data on how they're customers pay for stuff right what gets bought in based on battle pass based on sets and whatever i don't think these price points are put randomly like they're just like oh let's try 2 10 20 right they probably have a really good reason to place it like this because mm. you know from our measly mortal perspective when we watch this we might be like okay there's like if the price was halved there would definitely be more people buying gold but would there be twice as many right that's the question, because then it breaks even if you had twice as many buy gold. But if you made gold half price, but only 50% more bought it, you just lost profits for yourself and for the teams. Well, another thing we should talk so about briefly. The goal should be to hit that sweet spot, right? Where the profit is maximized. The so. fact that there's only 17 teams. Think about this. 
only 17 teams actually did something with this. Obviously, mm-hmm. like in four Zoomers case, they've had their assets for four fucking months and didn't submit. So, but like OG right. didn't do anything apparently. Like th- that's kind of weird that teams are just like, I'm I'm starting to feel less and less uh sorry for pro players, especially the ones that are trying to make it into like the big leagues, trying to get an organization. You can't even respond to a goddamn email. Like what does that say? Or read you? it. Or read it in that case, yeah, true. <laughs> Which we'll get to in in a, in a couple seconds from now. Uh, but that that's pretty bad at only seventeen. Again, I don't, I think there's one Chinese team that did it, right? Aster, if I'm not mistaken. But is that the so, only Chinese implementation of the game? Yeah, but again, I don't know. Like the the Chinese scene is kind of on its own planet, so I'm, I'm not going to speak for anything going on there, right? Because maybe they have their own system. Who knows? But then again, why would mm-hmm. Aster be in here? I have no idea. But every yeah. other region, there's no reason that you shouldn't be having something in the game. That's ridiculous. Like, just send in voice line. Like, it took me 10 minutes to do... I belched into a goddamn microphone, and they almost accepted it. They had to listen to it. So, no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse. It's ridiculous. Uh, um, but yeah. Actually, you know what? I, I have... Okay, one question for you about this. Not just, like, we talked mainly about the gold tier one, right? From a value standpoint, what do you, which one do you think is worth the most? What do you mean worth like, most? Where you get most for your money. What do you think? Gold. I don't think anybody uses spray paints or emotes. The, that's what I'm feeling about this, is that to me, when I look at this, I feel like the silver tier is just not interesting. Hmm. Like Based on my own game experience, emotes rarely get used, but they do sometimes. Sprays sometimes get used, but not much. Voice lines get used all the fucking time. Right. And the badge itself that you get for bronze where you're like showing support for your team, etc., is pretty cheap. So I could see a lot of people wanting to buy that because I'm like, yeah, I can drop $2 to support my favorite team and, you know, just have a badge there that of the team I like. Yeah. But the silver one just really doesn't seem like value. I think not only would we, like, it sounds like we agree we would have priced this lower or made something permanent with gold. But I also think that the pay jumps or whatever you want to call this being pretty much linear just doesn't correspond to the value you get. I don't think silver is worth half of gold. I really don't think so. I think it's worth a third or a a quarter or whatever. It's interesting, though, because why why aren't sprays more common? Like, why is that not popular? I don't know. They're really popular in CS, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. It's just never caught on for me. I don't know why. Like, do you think I, it I has anything to do with the sprays being so vanilla until now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing, like, there's no dumpster icon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have one spoiler uh, getting in tomorrow, which is a big techies mine, and arrows pointing mm-hmm. to it. I think that's funny. Stuff like that isn't typically, like, what you see from, like, the sprays. I right. literally cannot name a default spray that Dota's put in because they're so fucking boring. You know what I mean? So I think that's yeah. kind of like set an example that sprays are not that good when they could be. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I'm looking at the Arkosh one. The By the way, fucking Sir Action Slay. He did ask me for permission, so I will say that mm-hmm. first. He stole good effort. I'm the only person that says good effort ever. Nobody says that. It's the worst phrase ever. And he puts it as a goddamn spray. Oh, speaking of which, stealing someone else's content, uh, I saw a really good suggestion in chat earlier. So I have this implementation on my stream where you can play channel, pay channel points to play a sound. Oh, boy. Can I have your belch? <laughs> I'm using it for myself. How dare you? You're going to have to belch yourself. 
No joke. Wait, I want I, I want it for channel points. I am a terrific I'm very proud of my voice acting, so I will not lend you free MP3 files. It took me many minutes, many seconds to create. That's my I can't belch, Shannon, belch. So I can't make it myself. How I can need... you not belch? I that it's a condition some people have that they can't burp. I I, I so can't then... I can't purposefully belch. I'm not joking. It's a condition that quite a lot of people have. You'd be surprised. They can't. Would do you? It. Okay, you can have it if you want. I could also. I'm sorry. This is getting to be like degenerate shit. But I could belch your name. I could say Cinderin in the belch if you'd like. Because that. Oh, the belch is perfect as it is. It's really good. Oh, okay. And I then hopefully you. some Valve employees watch my stream regularly and get reminded <laughs> of the glorious days when you send them the clip. <laughs> I they appreciate see it every you, uh, day. I'm, I'm very happy that you appreciate my voice acting, Cinder. I appreciate that. Okay. I understand if you don't want it. It's copyrighted. It's yours. It's okay. We can both use it. Uh, all right. Nice. Next yes. part of the blog post is the international returns. Let it be known the Aegis of Champions is in play once more. After a break necessitated by world events, we're happy to officially announce that the International 10 will take place this August in Stockholm, Sweden. It all starts with group stage running August 5th to 8th and setting the field for what's to come. The main event kicks off August 10th and continues through August 15th when the final teams battle in the grand finals to be crowned TI-10 champions and claim their share of the 40 fucking million dollar prize pool that awaits. I put in the fucking, just so you guys know. Oh man, they should have written that. That would have been fucking As we continue to plan the event around the shifting landscape presented by the ongoing global pandemic, get your vaccines, you fucking idiots. Our focus remains on finding ways to hold a high-quality tournament in the safest way possible. This means we're waiting to release additional details on attendance options as we gather more information on developments heading into summer. We expect to be able to share more with the community during the month of June. So, the International is officially back. I don't know what... I thought it was already mm. official. I, I was caught off guard. I, I thought that they already... No, it actually wasn't. Was happening. This is the first time they announced it. Okay. Being back, I think. So... Pretty sure. Excellent news. Uh, the fact that we don't know if there's going to be a crowd or not, obviously. I mean, it's still a few months away, so... Who knows? I don't know how things are going in Sweden, by the way. I know they went for the whole, what was it, herd immunity type yeah. deal? I think, like, realistically speaking, if you're hosting a big event right now, I don't, in three months, do you think you can just have a crowd? Like, even, maybe if you required everyone in the crowd to have a corona passport, then maybe you could pull that off. But even then, I don't know what the country's regulations would be. Well, be in America, I know things are actually, ironically, just way better in America now than other countries. But sporting mm. events are like half attendance. Or like the NBA, you can basically fill your arena halfway. Baseball, there's no restrictions. I think some of it's dependent on maybe the state that you're in. But I know for Arizona, they can have a full stadium, um, which I don't really agree with going that ham. But yeah. Probably depending right. on, on what Sweden has to say about things. So so to give you an example, we talked about this last episode. In Denmark, the way the vaccines get rolled out and stuff has been delayed a couple of times because of the drama surrounding AstraZeneca. And now I think Johnson & Johnson is also on hold. So I think currently the only two vaccines we run are Pfizer and um, 
Moderna, I think. Those are the only two vaccines you can get right now. Soon there's going to be some elective thing where you can choose to get AstraZeneca um, because of the increased risk it has of blood clots or whatever, which was still extremely minimal, but it was still enough that they took it out of the default rotation, basically. Right. Um, what that means is my current schedule for my first vaccine is August. Damn. So if Damn. Sweden is similar, then their vaccines, like d depending on, I have to admit, I really don't know how it's, how it's going there. Like maybe their herd immunity strategy cost them a lot and now things are better than they are in Denmark. I don't know if that's the case, uh, but usually the Scandinavian countries are relatively similar in ideology and how things turn out. They, it's been really different this time though. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised that a lot of the youth in Sweden will not be vaccinated in August or have had Corona. And in either case, it's bad, right? So, um, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll I assume see. for whatever talent is invited, they'll probably be, if they're, I assume they're going to be allowed. I mean, Bulldogs, that's finally going to make it to a TI, I think, uh, if he's invited this time. Uh, that would be, that'd actually be kind of funny <laughs> if they just don't invite him. <laughs> That's in his own country. Um, but I assume, like, yeah, the talent will probably quarantine ahead of time. But the problem is, like, the crowd, you can't really do that, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you have, yeah. like, half capacity or a quarter capacity for locals only or something like that. Right. Tricky part is when There's... travelers are coming in from out of country. And we're, we're, <clears throat> now we've talked about audience and talent, right? But what about the players? Like, players are coming from countries with really different progress yeah. on corona vaccines. Like, I would imagine some players from the SA countries or maybe SEA. I have literally no idea how vaccinations are going. I think some SEA countries are super good at this or actually done, right? Um, but maybe others aren't. I don't know about, like, say, the Philippines, for example, or, uh, yeah, South, South America. Some Europeans as well, again, like, depending on which country you're from, right? So me, for example, I, I'm getting my first vaccine in August, as it looks right now. So someone like... A couple of the Danish players, like Crit and No-Tail, for example, who are likely to go to TI, especially Crit from EG, might not be vaccinated either. So how are you going to handle this? Like, I think it's extremely unlikely that we get to TI and all the players are vaccinated. I just don't see it happening. Oh, it's going to be agree. a subset of the players attending that won't be vaccinated. Oh, it's not just so how are you going to handle that? It, like, you're talking about how it could be a close call, but the fact that you're getting your first vaccine, like if it's a Pfizer mm -hmm. or Moderna, it's two shots. So right. you still the have to wait be last, month, late August or like three yeah. weeks for the next one. It's like a five week process. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. it's not going to happen, but there's no way uh, we don't know when the end, uh, like what TI qualifiers is going to be. Like we haven't heard much information about that. Mm -hmm. I assume there's going to be a lot more distance between the qualifier stage and TI or all the players participating are on location, which would be freaking awesome, but it's highly doubtful. Uh, because you need, one. like, the TI players that are definitely going will have to be there for, like, weeks, I assume. Yeah. Just as quarantine. Uh, yep. So. That's true. Okay. So, um, but that, good news. It, it raises the question, right, with, like, fan interaction. Like, let's say there is a crowd, and it's a requirement for all people attending as a crowd to have a vaccination or a negative test or whatever. Like, I'm not sure how you implement this with the usual like fan interaction stuff and all of this. Like it's just going to be a bit of a headache, I think. But I think the most important thing to hold on to here is that the event is happening and that's mega positive, right? Then we'll see however it does. Like maybe there's no crowd, maybe there's some crowd. As long as all the players and talent get to go, whether they're vaccinated or not, that there's some sort of solution. 
then we're going to find a way to make this awesome, right? So. Yep, I agree. I mean, obviously, it would suck that. without a crowd, but I think it has to happen at some point. So yeah, uh, makes sense. Okay, so the third and final portion of the blog post says upcoming game events. We've previously mentioned our aim to deliver content on a more regular schedule throughout the year rather than drop everything during one period for the traditional battle pass. We've experimented with, with this style for Dire Tide, the new player update, and our continued seasonal Dota Plus updates. Wait, what? They barely update that thing. Continued. Uh, it means they've the, done it more than one time. With that in mind, this year's slate will continue to look a, a bit different than in the past. To start, we'll be shipping two separate events over the coming months instead of one overarching summer event. The first, by the way, is that overarching or overarching? Is there a difference? Are they both? I'm going to forget about this later, so that's why I want to ask now. I actually do not know. Overarching, overarching. I I think it's overarching because an arc is spelled without the H, right? An arc is like... I think both are correct. The, the shape, right? Or whatever. I actually Anyway, sure. the first will arrive in mid to late June, and another will follow sometime after the international ends. Neither, neither of these events will fund the international prize pool as the TI-10 Battle Pass prize pool still remains to be claimed. For fans that want to support players and organizations, the new Supporters Club provides a more flexible and direct way to contribute to your favorite teams. As the international approaches, there will be more ways for fans to engage with the tournament itself. We'll post updates here as we have them, so stay tuned for everything Summer has in store. So, obviously, a, an extremely negative reaction that there's not going to be the typical TI Battle Pass, which, you know, you and I have gone back and forth for a literal almost year now about what they would do. Mm-hmm. Like, would it just be, like, the one that I wanted originally was that you just have another Battle Pass and then it just funds the next years, which it makes it a cool storyline where, you know, throughout the year, you're like, all right, we're playing for this much money. We didn't know exactly how much we're, we're playing for. Uh, but, of course, yeah, then so, you lose so... a little bit of the aspect of the price pool increasing during the tournament itself which honestly right. that's like by the time the tournament actually starts it's hit like 85 percent threshold anyway right so like our dream scenario was right we were pretty much in agreement that the best thing they could do was to make a battle pass that funded the next season not just ti yes correct so what they could have done here was implement a battle pass that's like for the 2022 season or whatever you want to call it uh everything you buy in this battle pass contributes to that and it will go into uh, tier two tournaments, tier one tournaments, and TI itself. Um, and at their discretion, they could distribute it. They wouldn't necessarily have to like say exactly how much goes to what, but that would have been great because then you're funding the season for the players. But um, we had this talk. It's relatively recent that we talked about this, and I was like, they could also just not do a battle pass so that it catches up and it's in connection with. And you were like, there's no way Valve is going to do that because they would be passing up on a lot of revenue. And they will, right? Like, they're actually, this should cost them money that they could have had, unless these things that they're implementing that are not part of the battle pass will be so fucking profitable for them somehow. Uh, They need to put in some really good stuff. And the current uh, player stuff that they put in is definitely not going to pay them for a battle pass. So, yeah. Um, I'm curious. I I mean, I honestly, I kind of respect this decision because from from the standpoint of the of the company, if they just wanted to make money, they could just print battle passes, right? So this seems like a conscious decision of we don't want it to be like this because we don't like the way this 
battle pass is connected with the next year's TI, it's way too disconnected from the event. That's what I'm guessing is the reason they don't want to do it, because they don't want to continue to have a battle pass that funds a TI that's a year or, away. Or a lot of the people are still not in the <clears throat> office, so maybe they literally maybe, can't Maybe they feel the like they can't pass. develop it. That's possible. That could also be the case. Um, we can only speculate, because they're not, they're not specifying here why there's no battle pass. They're just choosing not to do it. Um, but the thing is, if they are making these other events, and they are implementing that, then clearly they have a workforce that is doing stuff for Dota, just not the battle pass. And right. maybe the work that they're going to put in will be way less. That's possible. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think if it is what I said, it's pretty admirable that they're choosing not to take a shitload of revenue home here to do it in a meaningful way. Because I think we were on the same page that keeping on battle passing a year away would be weird, right? Like you're supporting TI in 13 or 15 months by buying this battle pass. Whereas if you were supporting I, the season, on some it level, would make more I sense thought it was weird, but at the end of the day, I don't think it would really bother that many people, which I mean, I'm personally very surprised that they mm. went down this road. Now, you're saying it's admirable, but mm -hmm. is it admirable if they just shit out a bunch of arcanas and you know, cosmetics that end up making up a good portion of the battle pass anyway that they would have made? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, I guess it depends on the quality of what comes in its stead, right? Because so you could have thing... also... It, Valve kind of can't win, right, here, in a way. Because if they made a battle pass that did not contribute to TI, just for the sake of making a battle pass, then people would call them fucking greedy for not giving it to TI, right? So again, we're kind of back to the thing where I, I think they would have had to fund the pro scene in its entirety instead of TI to make it make sense where you're, you're contributing to something coming up that isn't a million years away right. and where you're still supporting the scene. Because so, I, I think the backlash if they just made a battle pass and not contribute to the pros would be super negative. I mean, so. but that's kind of what they're probably going to do, right? That's what I'm talking about. Like these gaming, mm. these, these two game modes, let's say they come out and they make, mm -hmm. let's just say 60%. I mean, in all honesty, if they really wanted to match last year's Battle Pass with the amount that they made, they could. Because they're not giving that money to anybody else. So you all right. you have to do is sell half the, the shit or whatever the percentage was. Said 25%. So like, they could do oh, that, they, right? They could easily mm -hmm. do that if they really, really wanted to. So I don't know if right. I buy that mentality. But I mean, Valve... <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, they, they have data on how customers pay for stuff, right? And how they spend their money in the game. It's why they've made some of the workshop changes that they have over the past, right? Because they're obviously looking to profit off the game. Um, you would imagine that if they don't make a battle pass in the usual way, they have an idea of customer habits and what they buy and what they see value in. And they can find a different way of implementing it than the battle pass exactly by giving other incentives. Just like, it's kind of what it says in the blog post, right, that they tried with Dire Tide. Um, they have the numbers for how profitable Dire Tide was with the chests and the rarity of the sets yeah. and all this stuff. I wanted to talk Maybe about Maybe it's going to be something like that. Like, I know, um, like you said, they, they base everything off analytics. I've had enough mm -hmm. conversations to know this is 100% true, which makes me a bit sad. And I hope Dire Tide was a flop for them because that was the shittiest for the customer like cosmetic experience I've ever had playing any game in my life. It, like, I, di I didn't buy anything. I didn't want anything because it, it felt like mm -hmm. a fucking hassle. You have to play to grind out these keys. You get the keys and they're literally, I mean, you can sell them, I guess, for like, you know, after like a week, they were worth nothing essentially. 
and then you get a RNG chance to get something that you want. I mean, it's it felt it was again. I don't know if I'm in the minority with this one. I really, really hated like the whole cosmetic thing. Uh, it was kind of like the mode. old, the old uh, Dota slash CS:GO thing, right? Where you would get a crate and then you would get a key for it. Yeah, I, um, that I, a lot for of the record, wanted. I really dislike this Counter Strike monetization as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of it is because you're used to a certain way, right? And the the yeah. old way was you just buy the chests and you get whatever you want, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. And they're relatively cheap to be able to do so, and you get a small RNG chance to get something special. That that again, don't know if yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think of that, now I the really um, like the raw amount of stuff that was there, but you could sell the sets immediately as well, right? So if there was one set you really wanted, you could buy it on the market and the market self-regulated really fast. So if you wanted something rare, it was obviously expensive because few people had it. But if you're like, oh, I like these two sets that are level one or level two, you could just buy them off the market. I feel like there's no harm in that. Like, um, so I personally disagree. I I think the way that Diretide works with the chest system is fine. I actually kind of like it just because it gives all the the users the agency of putting the value of the items, right? In the usual chest or TI battle pass sense where things are locked and can't be traded for like a year or whatever, the value is kind of artificial because the the inherent value is in the fact that you can't trade it in a way. It's that this is exclusive for a year and then it's available. And there's good and bad things about that. But that was one thing I liked about the dire tide thing was you want the set, buy it for what it's worth now. You think it's going to drop in price, then wait, but you can get it. For me, it, it made it just so. it made it more complicated, and it just made me not interested in the cosmetics at all. Versus mm-hmm. every other event that they've had, and like I said, right. obviously we disagree on this, but mm-hmm. interested to know. Like I guess in the YouTube comments, let us know if you guys like Dire Tide because I actually don't remember what the general consensus was. <clears throat> okay, like so specific, that is specifically the chests, right? Not the event itself, like the game mode yes, or whatever. Just the, the way they mode, did cosmetics. The yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Let's briefly talk. Uh, about the DPC and things that have transpired. Yes. I mean, I've been watching NA mostly, obviously, and not a whole lot has changed because we haven't seen the big teams face at it again. It's basically going to come down to EG, uh, Quincy Crew, and Undying, all of which are undefeated. Schedule has been put together in a way that, you know, they knew that these were going to be the top three teams, so they're going to be facing each other last. So this last, like, week and a half or whatever it is, is going to be pretty hype. I did happen to watch, though. A certain match, OG, who are they, versus Secret, because there was so much hype around it. Secret lost 2-0 to OG. Soxa played the probable best clockwork I have ever seen in my life. And it it makes me sad that people, like, a lot, again, I know there's a lot of people on both sides, but a lot of people are hoping that Soxa doesn't work out because they want Jerax and all this bullshit and they don't think that Soxa is good. Dude, this guy has been legit for so many years. I remember the first time he, when we were trying him out for the old DC squad. This is before things blew up. Uh, this is mm-hmm. with the AUI and Bulba squad. And then they left for EG and ended up getting wrecked. And we ended up prospering as a result. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not, I love AUI and Bulba. Just like throw that in there. But um, we tried out Soxa. And I remember he played Tusk. And I, I watched all the scrims back then. That was like, the coolest part of my job and he played the best tusk i've ever seen i know i'm not super high mmr but you know you know somebody's fucking good when you can see it and it's the best tusk ever i've ever seen like we got to get this guy immediately 
He's legit, man. Did you watch that Clockwork game? It's unbelievable. I did. Yeah. He's. You don't need to convince me that Sox is fucking good. I know. Like, I know. I know. Uh, he's he's been amazing for a long time. I feel like in every team he's been in, he's always performed. Like, um, and you know, this can be like some variance where you can look better or worse based on how the team sets you up, whatever. I've never been like, wow, Soxa is just not looking good in this team. Like, he's always just super good. And he's easy so, to get along I'm with. I'm not he's surprised. He's a good teammate. Like, he's soft-spoken. Like, it, there's pretty much no downside. He's fucking yeah. huge, too. He's like, oh, I'm going to give American measurements yeah. here. He's like six, probably like six, eight, I would say, however tall that is. He's very I think tall. he's two meters and five for those who are uh, Very. It's like a basketball player tall. Insane. Yeah, he's a basketball player tall. Uh, okay, so did you watch any? Because right now we're <laughs> gonna get to this the next segment, but Alliance is atop the board right now yep. at five and one, and Liquid is number two at four and two. But it's obviously very competitive. But the big story is Team Secret is tied for third to last, and if they drop any more, which their schedule is looking still pretty tough, they could relegate to lower yeah. division. What do you think about that? Yeah, that could happen. Um, the silver lining for Secret was that they got such a good placement at the first major that they would probably get to TI anyway on points, even if they get to Division 2. But man, what a fucking like morale crusher that would be for them and the fans. Like, Imagine Secret getting knocked out on Division 1. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's scary. They're, just to, to give an idea of, of Europe right now, there's one clear bottom team, which is Hellbear Smashers. They're out. And the last spot that gets relegated will probably be either Tundra, Secret, or Brame. Those are the most likely. Brame and Secret are 3-3, three and three, and Tundra is 2-4. and four. So technically, if Tundra win their last series and Secret lose theirs, they're tied. And then they have to they, play a, a they series. They play each other, actually. They actually play each other. For their uh, Secret match. plays Brame. Yeah. Didn't you say Brame? And Nig- no, uh, Secret and Tundra. Oh, okay. But yeah, the Secret-Brame one will decide who has... The loser of that could play a, uh, a playoff or whatever you want to call it for re- avoiding relegation against Tundra if Tundra win against Nigma. If Tundra lose to Nigma, we're done. Then Tundra and Hellbear are relegated and everyone else stays. Um, and in the top, like you said, Alliance is 5-1. and one. Their worst possible score now is 5-2, and two, which would be a tie with Team Liquid for first place. So uh, Alliance still have to play Smashers, which they're clearly very favored in. Smashers have nothing to play for. They're knocked out. Um, and they've been the weakest team overall. And Alliance have, or sorry, uh, Liquid have to play OG, which is, you know, a lot more of a challenging match. So, so in all likelihood, Alliance will end out on top of the board. So if Secret win, it's, mm-hmm. tech, is it, it's technically possible if OG and Enigma lose the rest of their matches for it to be like a big tie, right? Yeah, there is a but possibility for a huge more tie than for likely, second, I think. It's more than likely that they will just be at the bottom of that division and will not go to the major, uh, but will still qualify for TI in all likelihood. Um, yeah. Okay. Anything else catch your eye for the DPC as a whole? Which obviously, once the DPC is over, we'll go over every single division. But since I don't really yeah. have time to watch more than a couple of EU games and then all of NA, that's all I got to offer. Right. I mean, we're we're mainly following. Europe and NA, right? Because that's our respective regions. I haven't been paying too much attention to uh, to the other regions for now. Um, but I mean, if you want to catch up, we can quickly have a look and do well, an update I for every region. It, so. I don't think we need to do that now because we're already 
we have yeah. so Let's, much more to talk. It's about. a long episode. I think we do that when the when the season is over, right? Or yeah. when we get to playoffs. Agreed. Okay. Next thing on the list, there has been some drama in the scene this week. Uh, essentially, I'll oh, give the no. TLDR. Uh, <laughs> Alliance put out a video. Uh, I didn't even watch it, but the video contains uh, PPD, who's their coach, talking to the team, obviously, during the gameplay, which is not a usual thing for Dota, because historically speaking, Valve has been very against the idea of coaching in-game. We've seen coaching with the draft and all that, and then like at TI, they have to get out of the booth, et cetera, et cetera. So I want this in two different combos because our last combo of the day is going to be whether we want or we right. like the idea of coaching in that respect. But the drama itself is that OG caught wind of this along with everybody else, and No-Tail tweeted out the following. Having a coach during a Dota game has never been allowed. Zero respect for people that cheat. Same thing when people use macros and claim it's not against the rules or I still have to know when to use it, LOL. Mentioned concept to Valve at TI9. They said, no. Cheaters are big pussies. I say. <laughs> Pusses. I don't know why he said it like that, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. So this, uh, who is this? This is, so OG apparently found out later or no tail i should say that of course this started up a whole bunch of drama right because coaching in dota is not normal for in-game it does seem like cheating but apparently esl who does the the that region sent out an email because it wasn't in the rules but they sent an email basically okaying coaches in general and apparently alliance is the only one to have read this email or the only one to take advantage of it at least or and take advantage of it. So yeah. now there's like two different, you know, viewpoints. Like obviously a lot of the communities like Alliance are cheaters, Alliance are cheaters, which we can talk about. And then mm -hmm. the other side is like, OG just didn't read their fucking email. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so what do you think about this whole thing? This is a very All interesting right. drama filled garbage. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to give my take on the whole thing, if that's okay. Like just all of the stuff. So first of all, you have a rule book that gets sent out that it's kind of consensus right now what is in the rules for tournaments. So if you make a major change like coaching, I feel like it shouldn't just be a side note in an email. It right. should be part of the official rule book. It should be communicated very clearly and you should make sure that all the teams understand what this includes. It can't just be like a little extra thing. So from my understanding, based on what every team has said, including Alliance's own statements, I feel like this change to the rules was not communicated clearly enough because it has a really big magnitude on gameplay. So I think ESL dropped the ball on that, first of all. I think the communication should just have been better. That's the first thing. Then, uh, secondly, Alliance getting shitloads of hate for this. I really, like, I understand why people are hating on Alliance for this to an extent, but I really think they did nothing wrong. They followed the rules. The problem, you're not doing anything wrong by following the rules. And some people are like, well, if you guys are using a coach, you should be telling the other teams to also use a coach. Why the fuck should they do that? That's not their responsibility. I'm like babysitting the other teams and like, hey, guys, did you read the rules? By the way, we can have a coach in the game now. We're using PPD. Who are you guys going to use? Like, come on. Like, that's not Alliance's right. responsibility or their problem. Like, so far with everything I've read, uh, there's miscommunication as well. Because I think, like, based on No Tails tweets or whatever, I don't think he's like 
he hasn't like officially backed down from what he wrote, but I, I don't think he considers Alliance cheaters in the in the, like the, the scope of how things are now, right? But with the information he had available to himself at the time, things might have looked different than they do now, right? But like they're following the rules. You're not a cheater if you play by the rules. Then you can say that the rules are bad or that the rules were communicated poorly, then sure. But then the one at fault is at ESL. You're not at fault for playing by the rules. Um, okay, is there a difference between mm -hmm. something being cheating and being in unethical? Do you think it's unethical that they did it? No. Okay. Just want to I don't think so. So but I it, it's unethical. It's unethical in the sense that if this was communicated to like, I don't even know how this would happen, but like, imagine Alliance get this information and the other teams don't. Then it's unethical that Alliance don't tell the other teams. But do they but have any they reason know? to expect the other teams not to know when it's an email that was sent to every team? Right. Like, so if, if they were told in private, like, hey, we're going to do coaches. So something that uh, we're going to allow, but not officially posted, then yeah, something isn't but. talked about as often. Like, I haven't seen it that much. The fact that they, that Alliance publicly posted this video. Mm -hmm. Pretty much to me, like again, we've already talked about nothing the to hide. There's nothing to hide. Like they're obviously yeah. innocent of cheating. Now, mm -hmm. having said that, having a coach in the game is, I, I cannot, it is a fucking huge advantage. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're it first is. in the DPC might literally just be that because they've been kind of a, like, after dropping out of the major, essentially, like immediately, they qualified for the last major and then they just got dumpstered immediately. And now they're first all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. How much do you think, like, again, it's impossible to say, but right. how much like advantage do you think having a coach in that respect is for Dota? Uh, I think if it's done well, it's a really big advantage. If it's done poorly, it might not even be an advantage at all. So depending on how well they communicate, because like, you have a sixth man on the field that can communicate stuff, but he needs to be, he's taking up space, right? So whatever the coach says has to have value. It needs to be important and it needs to be important enough to divert the player's attention away from whatever they're doing. Right. Um, if it's done well, it's a hundred percent an advantage. No questions asked. Like it, the coach can do a lot of things. He can help people. Like uh, if there's an incoming gank that he has a read on that should be coming based on map movements he has seen, cause he can look at the minimap nonstop without playing a hero. Yeah. Uh, he can check, Specific spell timings, he can check Roshan timings, uh, he can has an overall idea of how the lineup should be played because he was part of the draft, so he can be like, guys, remember, this is the timing we're aiming for right now. Uh, he can see all of the players, heroes, items, all of it for his own team, so he can like keep track of, you know, there's maybe something that a player would usually say that they either didn't or uh, don't think they have to, and he can just like go in and say that, blah, blah, blah. So, clear advantage if done well. Um, now, from my perspective about this, I don't know if you want to jump to that now, if this should be a thing or not. We could well, like, give our opinion. Well, let's finish this up with the fact uh -huh. that ESL was contacted by Valve, I believe, in their post, and they basically reverted the rule. So no longer yeah. are coaches allowed um, during the game itself. I don't even know how they enforce it at all to begin with because it's online anyway. But yeah. That, so there so, is some like weird stuff there, obviously, that you could potentially abuse. I don't know how they're actually doing it right now because even if you have somebody like I don't think they're doing this by the way, but you could have like the whole team on Discord talking to each other with an admin in with them, mm -hmm. but then the coach could just be on another program with the players as well. Like yeah. you said, eventually, like there's so many ways around it, but it's good to I, know that this is definitively against the rules now. The thing that 
bothers me a little bit about this is that like, so I think we're on the same page that Alliance didn't do anything wrong by following the rules. But the fact that this is communicated in such a way, if this is something that a lot of teams really conceptually disagree with and don't want in there, they would have complained if they saw this written in a rule book or whatever. Yeah. So how was this communicated in this email so that it seems like such a minor thing that only one or a few teams even picked up on? Mm-hmm. Um, so like you can say, like, imagine this. Let's, let's put it on edge, right? Let's say um, we, hey, we're hosting this, uh, this, um, this season of the DPC. Here's a rule book. And then there's 15,000 pages. And one side note on one page says, hey, by the way, guys, you can use coaches in the game, lol. And then you're like, okay, are the teams expected to read these 15,000 pages? Or is it like literally a line in an email that's three lines long, right? Mm. And how, who gets access to this email? Who does it get sent to? What I'm getting at is how immediately accessible and obvious was this? It can't have been obvious. Like, I would assume that, if it was one team that had missed the rule, like, okay, right, their fault. But if eight out of 10 teams didn't know this was a thing, like, how did this, how did Alliance and maybe, I don't know, like, I think Viking as well have been using it or picked up on it or whatever. Like, how did so few teams realize this was a thing? It should be the majority that knows and the minority that doesn't, not the other way around. Like, I just, mm-hmm. it, are, are the teams really that incompetent in reading? Like, was it super obvious and only Alliance read their emails or... Was this I a mean, side note that you needed to look for? It's probably find. a mixture of all like, of the above. I mean, I, 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 pro players it's just, are it's a kind of like special kind of person. That's for sure. Yeah, but this is not necessarily on the pro players, right? A lot of these teams have orgs that True. read the official documents, right? So how do all of those fail to get this information, or do they not? Did the people that read it? not think it was important enough to relay it to their teams. So the teams never got the information. They're like, so, oh, yeah, this looks like normal. From the ESL we do perspective, CSGO and- like, you know, that's the thing. Like ESL yeah. obviously does CSGO and all that, and that's pretty normal there. Yeah. So maybe they just had somebody that was used to working in CS and just thought that this was normal. Like, who knows what the reason. Obviously, not much of an excuse, but mm-hmm. um, that's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, you're, it is weird. It's definitely very weird, but I don't think like anything malicious from like Alliance no. or... Uh, I don't think it was even malicious from ESL, obviously. It's just... No, I don't think so either. Just bad communication overall. Bad communication. Yeah. And I think, honestly, if you're running DPC, like, it's meant to be a league that has impacts of leading to TI. I think there should just be a... There should be, like, a norm, right? I find it weird that ESL can add this ruling to two regions, I think it was. So there were two regions that had this, and all the other ones didn't, because they aren't run by ESL. Right. So specifically Europe, and I don't know what the other region was. Is it is it CIS? Maybe I'm not sure. So that's um, the that's the other thing that's weird though, right? Because I don't want to bring Valve into this because I know that we blame them for everything. But how is there not like a standardized freaking rules for all regions? Like, th- I think Valve where... thought there was. That's that's the thing. I I think Valve was surprised by this being added as well. But like, like, why are think of it this why way. are these the organizers? Why are these organizers sending rules? They should be written by Valve, right? Like why? Yeah, why are there any differences between why regions ESL got at all. to choose this? Like I don't get it either. Like how do they? How did they get to just add a, an additional ruling that or additional rule that other regions don't have? How is that not just a flat out standard? I think from Valve's perspective, they didn't know that this was a thing until recently oh, when it was found sure. out or posted yeah. about, and then they were like, "Guys, remove this rule immediately. We don't want this." But like, yeah. how does ESL have the power to implement this? 
uh, is weird to me. Like it should just, and, and like you said, it's hard to enforce it, right? That might've been ESL's perspective on this whole thing is we're in an online era. We can't monitor and make sure the teams don't use coaching in this way. So how about we just allow it? And then it's, then it's quote unquote fair for everyone because it's within the rules and therefore you have access to it where the counter argument would be, well, it's not fair because not every team has access to this luxury of having a coach on site that's really good at Dota and can be the sixth man for the team, then you're giving further advantages to the teams that have more money, yeah. right? Because they can afford this. Um, it's like there's arguments on both sides, but like all in all, if I were to, I don't want to, I don't know if we should say place blame or whatever, but I think the biggest problem in all of this is the communication between ESL and the other entities, like whether it's Valve or the teams, that this was not inherently clear and obvious to everyone and that it was not cleared with Valve that it was okay. Like that to me is just strange. I don't, I don't know who got to just sit down and write this rule and how did it get approved in ESL in the first place? Like who in ESL read through these rules and said, yep, that's a good idea. And we we're all in agreement. And now we're going to write it in an email. I don't know. That was a bit, bit of a miss. I so think. let's segue into the final topic before right. we bid everybody adieu. Should coaches be a thing in Dota? So I, I know you're going to talk forever because you have more experience than me in Dota. So let me just mm -hmm. say, I, absolutely hate the idea of having coaches in game i think in the draft it's really cool because you get that extra perspective that then it gives a job it gives something for coaches to do other than right. prep beforehand like they get to feel like they're involved in the game but once you start letting coaches actually do something during the game it it feels like it ruins dota you talked about all the stuff that they can help with like it just becomes about min maxing and whoever has the most resources with the the most monitors and tools to use to find out the cooldowns on spells and all that bullshit. Like that takes a lot of the skill away from yep. the game. So I, I I'm adamantly against it. I, I hate the idea of in-game coaches. Yeah. It's the same for me. If I could write a universal rule set, it would be, I think the version of coaching we've had in the last few years has been really good that the coaches can be analyzing the replays and can be a part of drafting and setting the strategy for the game. But when it's crunch time, the coach is not a part of the game. I think that's how it should be. And I think, honestly, I think most people, including teams, will just agree with this, that that is how Dota should be. Um, but that, you know, it's hard to enforce it in an online environment. That's kind of the problem. But on lands, I don't see the rules changing. So I don't the think there's going to be lands that are like, let's put a coach in the game. I just don't see it. It's so not good. Let's just say this was implemented for whatever reason, which I highly find unlikely, but let's say it happens. I actually think that a lot of players end up getting demoted, if you want to call it that, into coaching. Like a lot of these captains that maybe aren't as mechanically skilled anymore, but have like this overarching like viewpoint of the game and they're directing people. That now becomes the coach's job during the game. Right. So now you just want the best mechanically skilled players and you just have your coach bossing everybody around, right? It changes. The coach would kind of become the captain, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like everything changes yeah. so dramatically, and I think that's just... Again, I'm not going to say it's worse because we haven't really seen what that... I guess from Alliance perspective, perspective we've kind of seen <laughs> in this DPC, but as, as a whole, we yeah. haven't really seen that. So I can't... I just don't like the idea uh, of a game changing that much because of just one change like this. So. I mean, you know, you know my stance on. We've talked to, to death about this with uh, with the patch, right? With the fact that things didn't like weren't as static. We used to have Roshan on a perfect timer. We used to have bounty runes and these like forced mechanics, blah blah blah, where everything is set in stone when exactly it happens. 
I think what makes Dota so beautiful and very interesting to watch and play is that the game has too much complexity to keep track of and handle everything. And it's a skill in itself to try to manage it as a player in the game. But the more, like, let's say you added that sixth player into the game, I think the games would become significantly less interesting hmm. because there will be a lot of the things that make games, that make moments would disappear. Like the surprise that a spell was ready when you thought it wasn't or uh, that a team loses track and forgets to check Roshan at the perfect moment. All this stuff like that yeah. that generates wins and losses in the game would just become minimized and it would become way more of like a mechanical procedure. Okay, now we're at this time, now we do this next step, this next step, this next step. Dota's already developed in that direction because the players are getting that good that they're like starting to... Like the whole concept of playing timings isn't 10 years old. Like people just got better at it over the last few years that they're starting to understand that okay, at this exact minute when we have these spells and they don't have this, we are this much stronger than them and therefore we can go and do this thing, mm. which is a really high skill thing to do. But it becomes less and less of a high skill thing if there's someone who can dedicate it just do that one thing. Then it's not like as impressive anymore. It's not as exciting anymore. And I think the gameplay will just become more monotonous and more defined. Uh, so I'm really against this conceptually that coaches are, uh, are the sixth man on the field. Um, so, and I guess that's kind of, that's kind of where some of the, how to say, the disagreements are here between the teams probably is that some teams maybe thought this was like an quote unquote unwritten rule that you don't do this because this is the impact that it has on the game. That they're like, even if it was allowed, we wouldn't do it because we think it's bad for the game. That there's like some sort of overall consensus like that, that would that's have been, bad Dota. I feel like that would have been but, tweeted out already if that were the case, right? Yeah, again, this this whole mess seems like it's a communication error overall. Because I think if it was in the rules and every team knew it, some of the teams would have just taken it to the public and been like, we don't like this. We think this is bad in the game. Or they would have handled it privately and the rule would have just been removed, right? Yeah. Um, in either case, it wouldn't have... I feel like this would not have passed as a rule if all the teams knew it. I think the, there would have been way too many vetoes for it. Yep. And then, I agree. So, But again... I still think it's important to re recognize that Alliance are not villains for using a rule that's in there. Because again, from their perspective, like they could be playing at a disadvantage if they don't do it. If they have the impression that this is a rule that's in place for this tournament, other teams are going to do it. We take advantage of the situation ourselves as well. We can do this. Um, who's to say that Sokska wouldn't be uh, game leading for OG during the game or... Uh, that Bulba wouldn't be calling for, for EG, et cetera, et cetera, in, in other regions. So, like, I, 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 don't, I really don't so, want to villainize Alliance with this. I just think that's like, a really bad take. I do want to say this honestly, as well, because like, there's a lot of hate for OG as well, No-Tail, specifically yeah. because of his tweets, which, mm -hmm. you know, he's a passionate guy. He has a, right. an instant The wording was, to could have been better. Yeah, the for wording sure. Could have definitely been and obviously, better. they're the ones that didn't technically read the email. I think he's kind of backtracked a lot of what he said anyway. But like, I understand where he's coming from because if if you found out that somebody's doing that and it wasn't against, that's literally cheating. Like, that that's as big of an advantage as you could possibly get um, for these pro yeah. players. So, if it was not allowed, then he's definitely in his right to call alliance cheaters. But it was so. Yes. Then it just makes him look uninformed, and it just feels like unnecessary flame toward another team. Um, yeah. So Either overall, way, this will spice things up for yeah. for the as if more was needed to be spiced up for the EU division. My goodness. Yeah.
Uh, very competitive indeed. Okay. That brings us to the end of the episode, Cinderman. Uh, thank you, as always, for everybody, for watching. Uh, thank you to Elgato for powering this episode. Power. And until next time, Suns fan Cinderin signing out. Goodbye. Don't forget to subscribe. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening.